This week in Brattleboro History, we are interviewing Mrs. Carolyn Pichek. She is one of the founders of Bridget's Kitchen on Walnut Street. So when did you start with Bridget's Kitchen? We started basically doing feasibility, whether a soup kitchen was needed, back in 1981, and it started in 1982, six months later. Why did you want to start Bridget's Kitchen? Well, we were asked to because the rectory, which is attached to the church across the street from the old convent where we started it, many people were coming to the back door asking for food. They were hungry. And the priest came to our committee, which was the Peace and Justice Committee back in the 80s, and asked us if we would check into the possibility of starting a soup kitchen in Brattleboro. If they didn't ask you about that, do you think you would be working this now? You know, back then, the need was sort of um, not as obvious as it is now. I think it eventually would have happened, but maybe not back in the 80s. At the time we started, there was no other soup kitchen in Vermont, but there were kitchens like that in Massachusetts, and that's where we went to get help. So what is your schedule for when you serve? We serve Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 11.30 to 12.30. We start cooking between 8 and 9 every one of those days. What kind of food do you serve? We serve a lot of what people call comfort food or food you may get in a diner, like shepherd's pie, chili, spaghetti, chicken with stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy, beef. This morning we had pulled pork, and they're offering that at... 11.30, along with chicken and fish, because some people come and they love fish, and a fish is an easy thing to cook in the kitchen. So sometimes we have one option, and sometimes, like today, we have three options. And so these new changes that you make to the building, what made you want to do them? Well, the building was old. It had a multitude of stairs, different uh, heights, <laughs> and it got harder and harder to operate out of 650 square feet. And it, it had a mold problem. So the rear of the building was taken down. They added 1,600 square feet of new kitchen and pantry space. And the front of the building uh, is now the dining room. I have to say, this was po made possible because we did have a renter, probably all of you uh, kids know this, the Broadmoor Music School. They moved from Walnut Street to a beautiful renovated facility across from the park in the, in, uh, in the uh, old school there. And so we were able to utilize the whole building. And that's what sort of started the process of the renovation. How do you see the building going on next, the next few years? I think we'll better able to feed people and I think it will be so much easier for volunteers. Our space is bigger, so we're going to need more people. But just because we're, we have a new stove, we have new ovens, we have a lot of space, we have no stairs, we have a ramp to get in, a handicapped bathroom, I would say it's going to be much nicer for our guests and much nicer for our volunteers who cook and work there. How many volunteers do you usually have each day? We have between six and eight, sometimes 10, and occasionally because of situations, we have three, and yet they always manage to get the food out and do a good job. Where did the funding for the new building come from? That came from a few big grants that we got, and parishioners and community members in Brattleboro, and we did raise over $250,000 which most of it has been spent, but 
We're almost done. We should be in the new kitchen within a week or two. And your new building, how, how is it going to help you serve food better and for all the people coming in? Well, one thing we did is the trend is now to make it less of a soup kitchen and more like a restaurant that people would feel welcome in. And so we were able to switch out our lunchroom tables to round, small wooden tables that were donated by the Bradley House. They were doing the renovation, so they gave us their small round tables. And people feel much more comfortable in this setting. They come in, and I noticed that there was three people at a table, somebody sat down, and one woman introduced the others to this lady that sat down. That never happened when it had that sort of lunchroom feel. And just their conversation seemed to be much happier and friendlier, and they seemed to stay longer than they used to. And as far as the volunteers, we've operated with two regular home-type stoves, as you well know, William, for years, forever. And now we're going to have what they call a convection oven, where you can heat and cook quicker, and you can fit a lot of food in those convection ovens. And we have a new stove as well. So it will it will change tremendously how we cook and what we can offer. If you didn't have this new kitchen, do you think you would still be cooking? I think we would, but I think it would. It got harder and harder every year. I think we would because volunteers are so good about coming and overcoming hardships to get the work done. This summer when we couldn't use the kitchen at all, we uh, cooked out of the St. Michael's School, and that was pretty hard, but it was successful, and we never missed a day feeding people during the renovation, and the renovation's been going on for six months. So that's rather a, a very good, it really says something about our volunteers. How do you bring your food into the Bridget's Kitchen? We bring it now into the front door up a ramp so we don't have to deal with stairs. But we also rely on a lot of young people to help us. It's quite amazing. People your age, that and William and uh, Riley know that because they've been working since they were little. And it's amazing what kids can do and help you sort of in this uh, work where do you get the food to feed people? Most of our food comes from the Vermont Food Bank, and they're a very good organization. If people haven't had a chance to see it, I think it's a great place to visit. I, it's so impressive. It's big, and they have a big, giant freezer, a big, giant cooler. They have racks and racks of food, and everybody there is very welcoming. I think it is a great place. Have you been, Mr. Rivers? Oh, it, where, where it, it it's down where the uh, bank is past Agway. I can't remember what that little road is called. And then you just take a left and a right and down here against the grain. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that is? And it's it's pretty impressive. I think it's Brown Avenue. I think it is. Yes, Don't yes. Don't go in the Agway parking lot? Well, the uh, street past Agway. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So how is your... Uh, How's the amount of people changed from when you started? Wow, that's a good question. When we started, I can remember we had something like 15 people the first day. And now the number of meals we serve, it's not people, because we encourage people to take take home, either for sometimes they take it for their neighbors or their family, and sometimes they take it so they'll have a night meal. But our number is about 108 a day, and so it's over 20,000 meals that we serve a year. And when we first started, it was, there were so 
few people coming. I think probably two or three were the maximum we ever had in the kitchen. And then after 2008, which was a big change in our country, I think we saw people struggling and with food and a lot of other difficulties. And we, that's when our numbers really increased. And uh, how do you guys, if you know that somebody's having a hard time, how do you try to uh, intervene in their life or do you try to stay out of it? You know what? We try to accommodate as much as we can. And sometimes we direct them to where we think that they could get help. Sometimes if we can do something small, we'll certainly do it like we also try to offer warm clothing, coats, hats, mittens, which have been requested this past week unbelievably. And we usually put a call out to our church or other people and we get a very immediate response with socks, hats, gloves, warm coats. And sometimes it's a lot more complicated than that, as I'm sure you understand. And that we try to set them in the right direction of um, where they could receive help. We try to do what we do the best we can, and we know we can't solve everybody's problems, but we can be kind and empathetic and listen. How many volunteers overall do you think you have at Bridget's? Right now, I would say we have well over 50. Not everybody works in the kitchen. Some people come once a week, and they take all of our recycling and all of our cardboard up to the uh, recycle center. So, And some people go to Hannaford's and pick up the bread and drop it off once a week. So we, we have well over 50 people that work regularly at Bridget's. How many volunteers are around like our age? We have volunteers from the St. Michael's School that come every week. So we have quite a few young people. We also have quite a few people that are amazingly in their 80s that work every week. And I don't know what we do without them. Our oldest person right now is 89, and she comes in every Wednesday and makes a beautiful salad. <laughs> and um, we, we, we couldn't survive without the young people or at the other end of the scale, those in their 80s. Everybody in the middle is working. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you for Well, thank you, here. William and Riley and <laughs> so Mr. Rivers. Another question. You said you serve over 100 meals a day? Yes. Well, it, either in takeout or people. Sometimes it it always was, years back, would have more people in-house than takeouts, and now we actually have more takeouts. Sometimes one person will come and bring back four meals for their roommates. That's a very common thing. Or they're down at the transportation center, and one will come up, and they'll take meals back, which is fine with, with us. When did you first start making to-go's for people? I think we did at the very beginning, but I think they became more popular in the past 10 years, I'd say. Do you think you would be serving for more hours if you didn't have to-go's for people to bring other places? Or for the evening meal? I think that would be hard. I'm not sure if we could do that. It would be if we served lunch and dinner, it would be another 50 volunteers would probably need. So I don't know. I think maybe we couldn't. But I, and that's why I think we gladly give meals to go. So does the Brattleboro community coordinate between different organizations like yours in order to try to 
provide this every day? Is that how oh, yes, every day. Uh, we have two days at Loaves and Fishes, which is the white, uh, big white church with the big steeple on Main Street. They're open Tuesdays and Fridays. And Agape Church, which is on Canal Street, is open three Sundays a month, and they serve a 1 o'clock meal. And the Knights of Columbus, which is a fraternal organization in our church, is going to do a brunch once a month as soon as our kitchen is done for for our guests and for the church members together, that would be free for everyone and uh, and keep the menu simple. How many people are like regular people that always come? Do you ever like get new people coming we do. every week? We always get new people, but we also have people, most, a, a great many of our guests are seniors that have worked their whole lives and lived downtown. And maybe what the only thing they have to cook on is a microwave. So we do have people that we know well because they've been coming for a long time. And one of our guests, he has to be in his early 90s, and he's been coming for a long time, worked his whole life, and then ran into difficulty, became homeless, and then started eating at the kitchen. And he's it's like a friend coming every week. He's received very happily. Yeah, any questions from the audience? Well, that's a good question. Yes, we—it's it, amazing that we could serve twenty thousand meals, and you know, and we also run a pantry. The pantry we run once a month, and the pantry is more geared to seniors and to families. But our our overall budget before the renovation was something like fifteen thousand uh, dollars, and that included buying. Uh, capital expenses, buying equipment and appliances, but the money comes from people in the community and people in our parish that know what we do. Way back when we started, a young sister said to us, if if you're a legitimate soup kitchen and people know you're feeding the hungry, you won't have to ask. People will just give you money. And you know what? That has happened for 36 years. It sounds amazing. And only recently have we started fundraising. We do two fundraisers. The Welcome Center, does everybody know where that is on 91? And they'll let a group do one coffee, coffee day and, and desserts and all of that. And then we go to the Harris Hill Ski Jump in, in February. And you know where the Harris Hill Ski Jump is? And we sell mac and cheese and brownies and whatever as a fundraiser. And hot dogs, yes. So, and, and we do get some grant money from organizations. How many people, like, how many volunteers of yours decided that you're going to make the building new? Or was it like all of your volunteers? Oh, I would say there wasn't a volunteer that wasn't in favor of it. And we did have a special committee outside of that that helped to design it and raise the funds and are overseeing it. Is there a limit of how much food someone can get? You know what? Not generally. Every once in a while you can tell someone has a trouble, like you know what a hoarder is? And they'll come and they'll see something and they'll take, say, a lot. And then they'll say we have apples and bananas. And, and we will have the takeouts there for people to go. So every once in a while you have to intervene in the nicest possible way and say, ask where the, all that food was going. And, and then so you, and you sort of work out uh, a compromise and say, well, why don't you take three since you're feeding your neighborhood and things like that but you realize that they almost can't help themselves. So you do have to be as kind as you can so that they'll, their feelings won't be 
hurt and and still you don't want food wasted so you have to sort of intervene kindly do you ever get people that just like want the junk food and never want like the healthy stuff yeah and we say you have to eat your vegetables and most of the time they do because we do because of Hannaford being such a good local company three times a week we get cakes pies cookies and breads from Hannaford's so that's always on shelves for people to take so we do encourage healthy eating with a lot of vegetables and so but we hate not to we hate not to offer everything that Hannaford gives so we do we'd like to thank Mrs. Pichek for sharing her knowledge of Bridget's Kitchen and Riley and Will for asking questions this week in Brattleboro history